Welcome to 20th Century Boy, my name is Radio Mike, and this is the inside of my mind. Wow, okay, welcome to the podcast everyone, and thank you for being here for another week, because this may have been one of the biggest and best weeks of my entire life, and I actually wanted to start this week's podcast with this. I wanted to say a genuine thank you to everyone who listens and has contributed to this podcast. I know this is a weird way to start it. This is absolutely genuine. This podcast, when I started it, I wasn't really sure how it would go, but it just seems to keep growing and growing each week. I've been genuinely overwhelmed with the reception to this podcast. It just seems like every week I get more and more emails and Instagram DMs and messages on Twitter where people tell me that they've been listening to the podcast and have been enjoying it, or they write in suggestions or contributions to segments or things that I've spoken about, and it absolutely blows my mind, and I'm so appreciative of all of that, genuinely from the bottom of my heart. I can't believe that this podcast has become what it has become, and I'm super, super happy with it. There are so many people sending in rhyme crimes. There's so many people joining the group, facebook.com slash group slash 20th Century Boy. People sending in red carpet catastrophes, like so much that I can't even keep up with it all, and I'm trying my best to reply to everyone. But if I haven't replied, please don't get disheartened. Um, there's just, there honestly is so much coming in, and I'm so grateful. If you haven't heard, but I'm sure you have, because I've been putting it across all of my social medias this week. My band with Jack Post, we've revealed the name and we've revealed the artwork, the album artwork. The name of our band is Release the Sounds. A lot of people saying, oh, of course, it's a Simpsons reference to like release the hounds, which is what Mr. Burns says when he wants to chase someone out of his estate. Release the hounds. The album artwork is me and Jack uh, lying on a car. The car does look a lot like Homer Simpson's car. So there's a lot of like Easter eggs in that as well. And the response to this has been absolutely overwhelming. And the first single comes out tomorrow at the time this releases. So Friday, tomorrow, this will be out. It'll be out on Spotify, iTunes. It'll be up with a music video on YouTube. I highly recommend you look at the music video because it is really funny. I think you'll be surprised uh, with what the song is. It is going to be fantastic. And people have also bought merch, which is very audacious of us to start selling merch for a band that not yet has any music. But if you go to releasethesounds.com, you can purchase some crew necks in different colours, some shirts in different colours, um, different designs, and we'd love for you to check that out. Thank you so much to everyone who's supported the band, and please let me know what you think of our first single, which comes out tomorrow and is called Attached to String. And it's so weird to finally be able to talk about this project and not held back or embargoed with the information. There are eight tracks on the album, And you would have heard in the episode with Jack, which was very early on in the development of this album, you would have heard a snippet from the song Don't Put Me On Hold when it was in its very early development stage. Maybe I'll find that audio and put it here. Let's debut. I'm going to cut in audio here of maybe four or five seconds of another song. Uh, Let's cut that here. That's just a demo version. I mean, that's like... None of these are mixed, are they? No, they ain't mixed. That was so many months ago when we were just starting recording and this is what that part of that song sounds like now. Like, it's similar, but it's still... It's a little bit different. (laughs) 
I guess it's super interesting from my standpoint to see how all of these songs developed. I guess it's not as interesting for you because you didn't like write the songs or you weren't there when we made the changes and made those decisions. But that's kind of why I want to get Jack on so we can talk about like the process behind making the albums. And also there were a bunch of songs that just got cut and I'd loved, <laughs> I'd love to feature some of those on a podcast with Jack as well. Yeah, I won't talk much about them, but there's a few songs that were just not considered good enough to, to make it. The album should be out at the end of the month. Thank you so much to everyone who has contributed to this because I'm so beyond stoked with the feedback and I'm so excited for people to see these videos we're making and hear the songs that we've recorded. Jack's boss on his radio show, The Christian O'Connell Show, is going to play our first single on the radio at 8am on Friday morning on Gold 104.3 here in Melbourne, which is going to be awesome. My song that I helped write that I sing on uh, is going to be played on the radio and that's unbelievable. And I genuinely, like I'm pinching myself at this. The music video will go up then too. Uh, Here's a little bit of Jack's boss, Christian O'Connell on the show, talking to Jack about how he had no idea that Jack was recording an album and was just really surprised about it. Do you know what sometimes I I look on your uh, Instagram Mm. and I feel like I don't know you enough. (laughs) Yesterday, (laughs) this guy, I see a photo of Jack with two of the dudes I've never heard of or met. (laughs) Get this bad, did you see it? I saw it in a kitchen. He's, no. Was right. it a kitchen? The big thing is, he's releasing an album. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. He's releasing an album. And it's crazy because this band started like over a year ago when me and Jack just recorded a cover of the Cat Dog theme song <laughs> out of nowhere. Cat Dog, Cat Dog, Cat Dog, Cat Dog. Alone in the world, a little cat dog. And then Jack was just like, hey, we should do a, like a funny band and like write songs. And it's taken over a year now to get it out. It feels really fulfilling to have finally done that. But enough about me for the time being. We do have a hell of a lot of content to get through today because you guys have been super busy. But first of all, we do have one thing we need to discuss. And as always, uh, my intern, intern Mike, and the production assistant on our podcast, Siggy Mike, are both here. How are you guys? Yeah, good, thanks. Yeah, not too bad. You, you know, been smoking a lot of Siggies. Yeah, cool, guys. There is one incident. And if you're new to the podcast, welcome and thanks for enduring it. Because you might hear a lot of stuff that just confuses you a lot today. But essentially, we're dealing with a moral and ethical grey area that no one on the team is really sure about what to do. Right, Siggy Mike? Yeah, so basically... Lots of fucked up shits just happen, right? Lots of fucked up shits happen. And I'm just... I'm I'm dealing with it the only way I know how. Smoking ciggies. Just chain smoking ciggies. Going through like six packs a day. Do you guys want one? No, Siggy Mike, we don't smoke. How many times do we have to tell you we don't smoke? Yeah, okay. So basically what happens, I'm going to say it in the most simple form so anyone new can just pick up and, you know, but this podcast does kind of work with some overarching storyline so it kind of sometimes makes sense to go back and listen from the start. But anyway... Basically, what happened is there's an editor who works on the podcast. His name's Editor Mike, lovely old guy. He was married to a chick called Marianne, a 60-year-old woman. I had an affair with Marianne. I went to Bali with Marianne. It's caused a big falling out with me and Editor Mike. Marianne rings me the other day, tells me she still loves Editor Mike. Now, we don't fucking know what to do. We don't fucking know, do we tell Editor Mike? 
Edit the Mic's got a new girlfriend, Siri, the robot voice assistant girl on people's iPhones. I know this is fucked. Just try to keep up with it if you're new. I'm really sorry. This must be so confusing to you. But all of this stuff happened on previous episodes of this podcast. And yeah, so we don't know. Do we tell Siri? Do we tell Editor Mike? Editor Mike seems happy with Siri, but we do know that he still kind of loves Marianne. We know Marianne loves Editor Mike. She certainly doesn't fucking love me. So yeah, we just, yeah, we just fucking don't know what to do. Yeah. Uh, intern Mike is Editor Mike and Marianne's grandson. How has it been at home? Did you tell your mum or anyone? No, I decided not to tell anyone because I just thought, I don't know, I don't want my mum having to feel any more pain than she's already felt. She's really upset. I reckon I'll just let you guys decide, even though neither of you are related to me or have anything to do with my family. I don't know why I'm making you guys uh, make decisions. Radio Alexander Woodward. Uh, welcome to the radio family again, Radio Alexander Woodward. And take 20 mic points for sparking this discussion. And, and Alex will pop up a little bit later in the show with another piece of correspondence he wrote in. But he posted in the Facebook group. Go and join at facebook.com slash group slash 20th century boy lots of discussion happening in there he said hey radio family members radio superstars and radio mike alike i thought we should throw it to the audience in the form of a poll about what we should do i thought this poll could help show mike what he should do and see how we all feel about this deeply serious subject also i had an option about siri as we should consider the implications for her being involved in this too i'm unsure what to pick so feel free to bring up points and discuss sound off your feelings in the comments section but more importantly let's hope everyone involved in this and affected by this is okay but with that said, and then the options for the poll were, we should tell Editor Mike, we shouldn't tell Editor Mike or Siri, I'm unsure, but I hope everyone is okay, we should send the voice recording of Marianne to Siri, uh, which was actually added by Radio Jordan Brower, thanks for contributing Radio Jordan Brower, take 10 mic points, and then... I also added one, which was that we should get in touch with the Jeff and Big Spaghetti show on Nova 100 because they'll know what to do. Uh, Alex also had, we should tell Siri and see if she thinks we should tell it of the mic. The one that like prevailed was that we should tell it of the mic, but we shouldn't tell it of the mic also like came second and it's pretty close. Radio Whitey says, ignorance is bliss, guys. Let's leave the old rascal happy with his wild voice assistant shenanigans. Um, he also says, this is not a sentence I ever expected to write in my life. Look, it's tricky, but I guess if the majority of the radio family wants to tell it to the mic, like maybe next week, if he comes back, we, we just got to break it to him somehow. Yeah. I mean, I reckon I'd be really happy if my grandma and grandpa were back together. Siggy Mike really just fucked everything up. Yeah, I know, man. Siggy Mike, what do you have to say about that? Yeah, fuck. I don't give a fuck. Marianne fucking told me she loved me and now she's fucking going back to out of the mic. Yeah, I mean, you did have an affair, man. You can't expect it to end really well. Yeah, and I'm just fucking pissed off about it. I don't really, I don't give a shit about this. Let's just move on to the next thing. Yeah, I mean, we should probably take a little bit of time to think about it, but yeah, I mean, I always think honesty is the best policy. I don't think we should, like, you know, I don't know, but it's so hard because Ed of the Mike's happy with Siri. We do have to move on with the podcast for today. So I want to do something that also made me overwhelmingly happy this week. And uh, it's this. One man, one podcast, the radio family, and one listener with a telecommunications company. $250. This is 20th Century Boys Quest for 1-800. Get fucked. 
Again, if you're new to the podcast, first of all, welcome again. And this might be confusing to you as well, but essentially we're trying to raise money to purchase the phone number 1-800-GET-FUCKED. That's 1-800-G-E-T-F-K-D. And the reason we're doing this is because if people can call this number, they can leave a voice message and I can cut it straight into the podcast, right? Makes it really easy for you guys to contribute voice messages or just attach them to an email. But who wants to do that? That's so difficult to do. After an attempt to start a Kickstarter with this in mind, uh, which was unsuccessful, I decided instead to just launch a PayPal account this week and you guys were free to to donate however much money you wanted we need to earn i think 335 dollars so we can purchase the number and do all admin fees 335 sounds like a stretch i'm going to contribute 50 dollars. i've already done that so our starting uh number is 50 dollars. Uh, and i was worried i didn't know if very much money was going to come in from this but i was completely wrong uh because you guys really shown through and so many of you have donated we're not there yet i'll tell you the final number that we're at but we are getting very very close and if you would like to donate you just have to go to paypal.me slash radio mike pod that's radio mike p-o-d paypal.me slash radio mike pod and i know it sounds like a stretch but if you just donate a dollar that's not that much money and we can achieve this podcast dream of owning 1-800-GET-FUCKED And if you think it's going to take a lot of effort to open your browser on your phone and type that URL in and maybe type it in wrong and then have to type it again and then submit it. Hey, there's a link at the very top of the description of this podcast. There is a link you can click on that will take you straight to the donate page. So look, if you're on your phone right now, just do it along with me. Open the podcast app. All right, have you done that? All right, open the description to this podcast episode. You'll see the link. It's at the very top before anything else. Click that link. Now donate. How easy was that? I I hope people donated a dollar after hearing that, but you're not obliged to donate. But these people have, and I have decided that everyone who donates gets double the amount of mic points to the amount of dollars they spend. So if you donate $1, you get two mic points, right? Mic points are the currency of the show. If you accumulate 300 of them, you get to become a radio superstar. Radio superstar. Man, this podcast is getting confusing for people who are new. So here is a list of all of the people who have donated so far to paypal.me slash radio mic pod. And just so you know, I'm recording this podcast on Monday of this week, Monday the 9th of September. It doesn't come out till Thursday. So if you did donate on Tuesday, Wednesday or Thursday, your name won't be here. But everyone who donates will have their name read out on the podcast so everyone knows. And the person who donates the most will win a special prize. So let's do this. Radio Brody Henry uh, from Grasshopper Soccer Central West. He donated $5. Thank you so much, Radio Brody Henry, for your donation. Radio Maddie Feltham. She donated $4. Thank you so much, Maddie. Radio Luke Leader donated a whopping $21. That's 42 mic points, Radio Luke Leader. Thank you so much. Radio T. Smith donated $5. Take 10 mic points. He says, good luck, Mike. Please forward all thank yous to at T. Smith. 
Uh, Radio Bleach has donated $2. That's four mic points for you. Thank you so much. Radio Lachlan Dalton, uh, he donated $5. That's 10 mic points for you. Thank you very much. He says, first contribution to the potty. Thought I would do it for the cause. Radio Cassie donated $1 with the message, get fucked. Radio DeGoogs donated $7.50. That is 15 mic points. Thank you very much, Radio DeGoogs. Radio Harrison donated $20. A whopper. Thank you so much, Radio Harrison. That's $40 for you. Sorry, that's not $40 for you, Radio Harrison. I'm not giving you $40 back. You get 40 mic points. Radio Ryan Doble, $2. That's four mic points. Radio GC or Radio Jesse donated $10. Thank you so much. That's 20 mic points. Radio Josephine Lloyd, $5. 10 mic points. Thank you. Radio Billy Freeman, $2. He said get fucked in his message. Radio Eli also said get fucked in his message and said $5. Radio Jack gave $1. Thank you. Radio Rebecca M gave $1 and left a message. Do us proud, son. Radio Liam Whitman, a whopper again of $25. Take 50 mic points, Radio Liam Whitman, and thank you so much. Radio Superstar Pat, $20. Please take 40 mic points for that. Thank you so much. Radio Madison donated $1.10 and said, I threw in an extra 10 cents. Get yourself something nice. Thank you, Radio Madison. That's, I guess you gave $1.10 so you can have 2.2 mic points. Yes, you can have decimal mic points. Radio Laura gave $2. Thank you very much, Radio Laura. But the top donator so far is Radio Carla, who gave $30 and left a message that said, get that number, baby boy. Radio Carla, thank you so much for donating $30 to 1-800-GET-FUCKED. You get 60 mic points and your new title on the show, until someone out-donates you, you will forever be known as High Donator Radio Carla. So High Donator Radio Carla, thank you very, very much. And guys, that brings us to a total of about $225. We need $335. So we only need like $110 more. If everyone gives a dollar, we would easily, easily get there. If a few people give $5, we'll get there. Just open paypal.me slash radiomikepod to donate. Just a dollar. Let's get there. We are so close now. I would hate to see this full flat. Get on board the hype train. And if you're not on board the hype train yet... We have created an ad that we're going to play across radio stations, TV shows, uh, podcast. We are sponsoring everyone to get this message out there. Here it is. Hi, I'm Radio Mike, the guy from the podcast. Over the last few months, we've realized that there are so many charitable causes all around the world. And that's why we're raising money for 1-800-GET-FUCKED, a phone number for listeners of our podcast to call into and leave voice messages. For Radio Mike, I'm a passerby on the street who happened to be walking past and eavesdropping while you were recording this. How does 1-800-GET-FUCKED help get... get help uh, help help people who are, who are less fortunate than us well that's the best part random passerby fuckwit who can't read a simple fucking script that's written on a piece of paper right in front of his face it doesn't 0% of donations go to any charitable cause so you know your money is not into a good place wow sounds good sign sign me 
up. You're ruining it. You're ruining it, intern Mike. Learn your fucking lines and learn how to fucking read, okay? You're fucking ruining it. Why the fuck did we do the rehearsal, mate? Uh, Why did we do the rehearsal before this if we were going to come and record it and you were just going to fuck it up? To practice the ad? Yeah, and we fucking wasted all that time because clearly you've done yeah. no practice. Clearly you've done, yeah. brought nothing from rehearsals. You've learned nothing in rehearsals. Yeah. Five weeks of rehearsals and this is the best you've come up with. Oh, I'm really sorry. I just I get kind of nervous when the mics are on. No, no. Yeah, not an excuse. Oh. You want to be a, you want to make it in this business, buddy boy? Ah, uh, yes. You can't be making fucking mistakes like this. Oh, oh no, sorry. Jesus Christ. Cut this. Action. So where will your dollar go if you donate to us? They all go directly to this pointless, irresponsible financial endeavour. Sounds great, Radio Mike. How do we donate? That's simple. Head straight to our PayPal account and donate money directly into it, which definitely isn't dodgy. Head to paypal.me slash radiomikepod. Did you say go to paypal.me slash radiomikepond? Okay, I'd like you to fucking leave. Oh, sorry, no, I just made... I'd like you to fucking leave. Get out. No, can I... I said leave. All right, sorry. So donate now. A dollar can go a long way to help this podcast become more of a shit meme. And remember, like we always say here at 20th Century Boy Headquarters, if you don't donate, you're a There you go, guys. That ad will be rolling out across radio stations, TV programs, or, you know, all the like. And as the ad said, guys, if you don't donate, you're a fucking c***. Moving on, uh, there's something we need to do this week. And, uh, well, it's called this. 20th Century Boys Red Carpet Catastrophe! It is Red Carpet Catastrophe. The premise of this is uh, there are some movies that are universally disliked. Universally panned films that critics hate. Often they're commercial bombs that make no money and most people just want to forget that these movies ever existed. Some actors are embarrassed by them. You know, those kinds of films. Uh, This all started, as usual I say this, it all started when I watched the Dumbo 2019 film by Tim Burton, which was a remake of the original Dumbo film and I thought it was one of the best movies I've ever seen and I looked at the reviews and everyone hated it. So Red Carpet Catastrophe is us trying to find out if movies are actually red carpet catastrophes or if they're actually kind of good. Dumbo is not a red carpet catastrophe, in my opinion. We then had the Angry Birds movie, uh, which in my opinion, like, wasn't a catastrophe, but it wasn't, like, it was described by listener Radio Gateway as a laugh-a-minute masterpiece, uh, which it certainly wasn't. This week, our suggestion came in from Radio Brody Henry. He says that he loves Land of the Lost, a film starring Will Ferrell and a few other people I've never heard of and haven't seen in any other films since, which I think had a 21% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. It grossed $68.8 million after a $100 million budget, so it was an absolute flop. And, uh, sorry, it's a 26% Rotten Tomato rating. Uh, an average rating of 4.1 out of 10. It's based on a TV series that was out in the 70s, and uh, like, I guess we're talking about whether this movie is really a red carpet catastrophe, because Radio Brody Henry, and thanks again for doing this, man. Take 20 mic points for this. He said... 
I've had to buy this movie three times on DVD, so I'm grateful it's on Netflix now because uh, we all want I wanted everyone to watch the movie if you could find time. So Radio Superstar Pat actually found out it's on Netflix. So I watched it on Netflix instead of downloading it. Uh, yeah, so Brody Henry says, I'm so glad it's on Netflix now. My missus legit threw it away after having to watch it with me so much. She threw it away twice, which is why he has to buy it, why he had to buy it three times. He says it's close to the best movie of all time. Uh, Radio Paris agreed with Radio Brody Henry and she sent in this voice message. Hey Radio Mike, it's Radio Paris. I just wanted to give you a review of the movie The Land of the Lost because I didn't even have to re-watch it to share my opinions on it because I actually love it that much. It's one of those movies that you either hate or you watch it on a religious basis. Totally underrated even by the actors in the film itself. Heard Danny McBride like a week ago say that he wasn't even proud of it and like no one loved it. But I think he's so wrong because like everyone loves it. You can't see it without loving it besides those few people that hate it. But anyway, uh, I've got a clip of my favourite part of the movie to play you because I feel like it sums up why it is so good. Do you believe in love after love? I can feel so Anyway, I could go on. I was getting a little bit mesmerised uh, by the screen just then. But Land of the Lost is a totally underrated film. It is so comically smart. There's so many niche references in it, including like references to the musical fame in the very beginning. So good. So underrated. I think that uh, I think they should remaster it. Thanks, Radio Paris. Have 20 mic points for that contribution. So I decided to check out what all this hype about Land of the Lost was really about. Funnily enough, I've written notes on my phone while I watch the film and the scene that Radio Paris claims is her favourite scene does make an appearance in the notes, so we will get to that. And look, let's just say this. This movie is a red carpet catastrophe because I don't think, like, this movie was an absolute piece of shit with almost no redeeming qualities. I admit I did not finish the film, but I do not expect that it got significantly better within the last 30 minutes. Uh, I fell asleep at about midnight with about 30 minutes left on the film. Uh, So here are some of the the notes I thought about the film. So basically, the loose premise of this film I barely understood, but essentially Will Ferrell plays a character who is like a scientist that is mocked for believing there are, there is like a parallel universe in which the past, present and future all exist simultaneously. Everyone laughs at him and it turns out he's right and he ends up in this alternate world with a, a, a female scientist who reads all his research and believes him, as well as I think some guy they picked up at some ranch in the middle of the desert. I didn't quite understand what was occurring. Um... And immediately as they get to this world, uh, you just see how low budget this film actually was. Um, the set design is absolutely awful. It, it looks like the set is created out of polystyrene. Uh, the set shooting is so obvious. Like it, it, it looks like they've just gotten a JPEG of a background. They're like desert background on Google and they've just got a JPEG and stretched it behind them on a, on a green screen or something like that. It looks so bad. Um, 
I should note this film came out in 2009 and I believe it is slightly outdated. There is one woman in this film, at least in the first like hour and 10 minutes. There is one woman in this film and the entire film she is sexualized. Uh, it is uncomfortable sexualization every single time she's on screen. Um, like there's just jokes like where they encounter like a monkey man who like, he doesn't have like normal social etiquette. So he keeps like touching her boobs and she keeps telling her, him no. And it's like, not like, it's just like every single scene she's sexualized, she ends up like cutting her long pants into really short shorts. It just feels really outdated and like, like something that wouldn't happen in movies today and probably shouldn't happen. Like there's one woman in this film and the entire crux of the joke is literally just, haha guys, girls have boobs, remember? And guys like boobs. That's the joke. Like there's, it's not more complex than that. There are like some mildly funny bits, but most of the funny bits fall flat. As Radio Paris already explained, at one point in the film, they all start singing the song Believe by Cher in this weird auto-tuned sound because they find some weird glass. Th I don't know, it's fucked. Uh, they manage to butcher the song and that song's such a banger. Quick side note, the band DMA is one of my favourite bands in 2016, did a Like A Version cover of this song in Triple J's Like A Version. It is, to this day, the best Like A Version in Triple J history. It came fifth in the Hottest 100 and is the highest Like A Version to ever do so. And it is still a song I listen to very regularly on Spotify. It is the best. Go listen to it right now. The movie is based on a show from the 70s and the special effects might as well have been from the 70s. The T-Rex in the film is somehow worse than the T-Rexes in the original Jurassic Park, which came out like 30 years before this. And the alien characters literally look like something out of Futurama. They don't look remotely... Like, it's just... It's just a shit film. The plot doesn't seem to make any sense. The alien, the main alien character, or what I believe was supposed to be the main alien, because there's like aliens that are like, I think what I gathered was eventually the alien, there's aliens that are living there who are like captured or some shit like that. The main alien sounds a lot like James Earl Jones, the voice of Darth Vader and Mufasa. A king's time as ruler rises and falls like the sun. I find your lack of faith disturbing. But I'm almost 100% sure it's a James Earl Jones sound-alike because I sincerely doubt James Earl Jones would ever do this movie. Wrong manipulation of the crystals could turn time and space inside out. They use random terms to make things sound like they're more like alieny. Like just you it's just like random stuff where like oh you know where you know this is a blick bloke. It's from planet Glipglop. And you know, we need to get to the Spleaker Blue and just shit like that. Of course, with tachyon particles focused along the proper temporal vector, a staple passageway can be opened open to, to any point, point in, in the, the space-time space continuum. continuum. <gasps> a lot, there's a lot of dinosaurs as well, because it's like past, present, future. There's a lot of dinosaurs running around. The animation is really bad. Some of them look like they're running on like 12 frames per second. <laughs> Um, at one point they all be, uh, begin to sing this show tune that recurs throughout the film and a bunch of pterodactyl eggs hatch. And at one point they all get high on narcotics and are swimming in a pool in like undies and it's really weird. The whole film was just super weird and I couldn't really figure out what it was about, why I was watching it. And I'm really glad I fell asleep 
because the sleep was a lot better than watching the film. So, all things considered, and I apologize, Radio Brody Henry, but I appreciate your input. Land of the Lost, the film from 2009 that stars Will Ferrell, is a red carpet catastrophe and is one of the biggest pieces of shit I have ever seen. Thank you very much. (laughs) So our next red carpet catastrophe uh, has been submitted as well via Instagram. Actually, there's a few that have come in and I intend on watching all of them. Um, So sorry if I haven't replied. I have seen a lot of these. I I have seen your messages. Radio Jordan has sent me a DM on Instagram. Take 10 mic points for this, mate. He says, hey, Mike, a movie for red carpet catastrophe would be movie 43. It streams on Netflix and it's such a dumb film, but I can't get enough of it. It has a 5% Rotten Tomatoes rating and a 24% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. It seems to be a superhero parody film based on the screenshot he's sent to me. Um, So this week on Netflix, I am going to watch Movie 43. If you've seen Movie 43, send your message in. uh, Let me know what you think of it. Send a voice message like Radio Paris for some mic points. uh, And uh, or if you've if you haven't seen it, watch it this week and let me know what you thought. It's on Netflix. I'm looking forward to it. Radio Metal Gear Jake uh, sent me a DM this week that I found really funny. And he said to me, he sent a screenshot of something I didn't realize was of you could do, but he sent a screenshot that shows my playtime on all Nintendo Switch games. So somehow he's accessed that information because I think I added him as a friend on Switch a while ago. And Super Smash Bros. Ultimate is number one with over 300 hours. Take 10 mic points, Metal Gear Jake. He said nearly 300 hours. Whoa. And I've been playing a ton of Super Smash Bros. Ultimate this week, predominantly because Banjo-Kazooie finally launched as a character. I did a YouTube video where I played as them for the first time and reacted live to everything that was happening. Uh, And I'm really enjoying it so far. I think there are a really faithful adaptation of what they were in their original games and it's like beyond my wildest dreams literally that these guys are in this game so I've been playing that game a ton and I think that this might be one I think this is closely becoming my favorite game of all time like the experience of this game waiting for the hype of the DLC characters to be revealed playing the just it's just such an extensive game that's so much fun in so many different ways I think it's definitely creeping up into my top t- like it's definitely in my top 10 games of all time um it's got to be near probably in the top five by now so I'm really enjoying that uh, do you play Smash Bros have you played as Banjo what do you think did you play the original games the music in the game that they've included all the remixes of the songs from the game are great so that's awesome Just before we get into Harry Potter and the Boys, which we did miss uh, next week, and I don't want to miss it two weeks in a row, had a lovely email come in from Radio Alexander. And welcome to the Radio Family, Radio Alexander, because this really made my day. And this pertains to Harry Potter and the Boys, FYI. Uh, He says, hey, Radio Mike, I wanted to ask something that I've been wondering about for quite some time. Harry Potter and the Boys has a narrator that tries to insert himself into the story, who characters become periodically aware of, and the whole story is extremely self-referential to the fact that it is a book. You often mention you wrote this in the seventh grade, and I know that you've stated a few of the influences for it in previous episodes. Now, I was wondering... 
Was the Captain Underpants series of any influence to the writing style present in this book? I mainly ask as I recall reading those as a child and the self-referential meta-humour and that it constantly pokes fun at itself, its tropes, the laziness of the author, etc. is somewhat reminiscent of those books to me anyway. I haven't read them in years and I didn't see the movie that came out last year, so I could be way off base. That's just a gut feeling I get about the story. Radio Alexander. I actually awarded Radio Alexander via reply email 150 mic points because no one has picked this up yet. I kind of forgot about this, but the Captain Underpants series, if you don't know, is a series of, as Radio Alexander said, very uh, meta, tongue-in-cheek, convention-poking children's books about two kids who accidentally turn their principal into a superhero they created called Captain Underpants. It's written by a Canadian man named Dav Pilkey, David Pilkey, shortened to Dav. These were probably some of the biggest books uh, growing up. They were illustrated also by Dav Pilkey. As books, as I said, they were very fourth wall breaking. The characters in these books regularly referenced them as books. And I can say that The style you're hearing in Harry Potter and the Boys is almost me in year seven form doing a tribute to the writing style of Captain Underpants. I know you're probably thinking, oh, fucking Captain Underpants, that can't be a, like, that must be a shit, stupid book that stupid kids will read. It's actually some of the most sophisticated comedic writing I've ever read, and I read them when I was, like, eight. I loved these books. For example, and, and, and it just it just plays, it's, it's one of the first times I remember reading something that played with the conventions of its own genre. Um, so it was, like, a, an illustrated novel for kids, but the main characters in the book wrote comic books and then they would, you would read the comic books that the characters had written, which was just this really cool thing. And yeah, they would always, there would always be jokes in the dialogue like, oh, you know, what's going to happen next? Oh, I guess we'll find out on the next page. And then you'd turn the page and, you know, they'd find out. And the chapter names were often very, uh, like, self-referential as well. You should go and read one or two of these books just to get a vibe of, you know, you will see straight away that I've taken a lot of influence from it. These books were just such a massive part of my childhood. And I'm glad Radio Alexander picked up on the fact that, you know, this is what was it. I was reading these around the time when I was, you know, in year seven or or even earlier than that. That writing style was so important to me. I loved it so much. And I think a lot of people saw it as like, like I said, like it's like, oh, Captain Underpants. It's just like potty humor, like toilet humor. But really... Dav Pilkey, who wrote those books, was a really sophisticated comedic writer. Um, and I, I, I really respect what he did for children's fiction and for children in reading, because I think that so many kids got into reading because of the books that he wrote. Um, I might actually just pause for one sec and actually get one of the books because uh, I've got a stack of them in my garage, which I took a photo of and sent as a reply to Radio Alexander. I'm just going to get one and try and find a passage. Okay, we're back. And, like, I've, op- I've, te- I've gotten the fourth book in the series, which is called Captain Underpants and the Perilous Plot of Professor Poopy Pants. I've opened up, and this book is so old now, I've picked it up, and it's actually falling apart. Here it is. It's, it's literally, I've ripped some pages out of it. 
And it's it's really funny because I can see straight away, like in Harry Potter and the Boys, I'm pretty sure there was a chapter. I think the second chapter was called Chapter Two, the second chapter. I've opened up this book and it's chap. There's Chapter Twenty Two, the twenty second chapter. Then there's Chapter Twenty Four, the chapter before the last chapter, and then Chapter Twenty Five, the chapter after the chapter before the last chapter. So it's very self-referential in that sense. In chapter seven, it starts with, remember that guy I was telling you about back in chapter two? So it, it, you know, the book refers, the narrator refers to it being a book regularly. These books, this is awesome. I kind of want to reread them. And without trying to sound weird at all, I guess when I think more about these books, I see a lot of parallels between me and the characters in the books, which I think really spoke to me, particularly as a child. When I was at school, like from as long as I can remember, I was always trying to write stories. I always wanted to write narratives and write stuff that was funny. And the two main characters in these books, aside from um, Captain Underpants are George and Harold, who were just these two suburban American kids in about grade four at school. Um, And I was probably that age when I read these books and they just wanted to write funny stuff and they were doing it and they were writing comics and selling them at their school for like 50 cents each. And they just loved doing that and they didn't necessarily fit in much at school but they were really good friends with each other and liked making comics that were funny. And I guess I always just really resonated not only with the writing style of Dav Pilkey and the way he expressed comedy through his writing, but with the actual characters in the book and the way that they almost spoke to me as an primary school aged child that you could go on to do these things, you know, like in some ways I I researched Dav Pilkey a lot. He was a kid at school who had ADHD and didn't do well academically because he was always drawing and writing comics and his teachers would kick him out of his class and he didn't know how to read properly. And then he ended up being like a best-selling author who got a lot of kids into reading because he followed his passions And I guess that's kind of like an underlying message of this podcast, which is just to follow your passions as crazy as they might seem. Just follow your passions and try to make something out of it. That's what I've done. And I can link it back to Captain Underpants, the book about a hero who wears underpants to fight crime. Like, just just follow your passions. Follow your inspirations and do what other people have done and just believe in yourself. And I guess that's what I've taken from this email that came in from Alexander. Thanks, man. I might talk a little bit about this some more in another week because these books were the best and inspired me. And all that being said, I'd love to do this. Harry Potter and the Boys, a live reading by Radio Mike. You're a wizard, Harry. I'm a what? So, again, 
and I, I'm starting to say this more and more every week, but if you are new to the podcast, welcome, welcome, welcome to the podcast. I am your host, Radio Mike, and this might be some of the most fucked up content you've ever consumed. Harry Potter and the Boys is a fan fiction of Harry Potter that I wrote when I was in year seven. About 50 years after the original Harry Potter, Harry Potter is now headmaster of Hogwarts. Ron and Hermione and Neville and Seamus Finnegan are all teachers. We're now focusing on a new group of boys who are going to Hogwarts and and currently we're in a chapter called Hermione's Memories, which seems in which Rob and Michael, two of the key, the main boys, Michael is based on me, uh, are going through Hermione's memories in the Pensieve, which is where you review memories. Fuck, the, the explanation for this book gets harder every time. And they've basically entered a room in which a man named Boris and their teacher, Mr. Charger, is there. They've triggered some kind of structure that has turned a baby into a basilisk. And Harry Potter and Ron Weasley have just entered the room to... Def- to defend them and yeah the baby who was oh fuck this is just too confusing the baby that was turned into a basilisk is a character who's already appeared in the book called harold um anyway i'm just gonna go because if you're new to the podcast you're probably not gonna get any of this anyway but i read about a chapter or half a chapter every week so enjoy this uh okay continuing the basilisk slithered over to the baby harold and bit it oh so i assume harold is like a is like a um a, a basilisk like he turns into a basilisk at will or he's like a were basilisk or something like a werewolf it seems like that's what happened boris who still had his wand aimed it straight at harry's chest but instead of killing him he shouted out obliviate obliviate was the memory charm it caused harry to lose his memory maybe th- so in this book harry has seemed to have turned into a crackpot idiot who like just is such a fucking idiot and, like, has no social standards. Maybe this is why. Maybe that's explaining why. Boris moved his wand over to Ron and said, Obliviate! But Ron dodged it. Basilico! shouted Ron. His wand made an extremely high-pitched squealing noise and the basilisk fled. So I guess Basilico is like a, a basilisk... I don't know, fuck. Come with me! Ron yelled. The memory ended. They were back in Hermione's office. So? Hermione asked. Have you figured anything out? No, said Rob. What are you talking about? said Michael. Everything makes sense now. The basilisk in our dream. It had a star on its head. So what? said Rob. Harold! When he was bitten by that basilisk, he must have been cursed. A bit like a werewolf, but a basilisk. And it also explains why Harry is so... Well, he's, you know, stupid. Okay, so that was all right. Cool. Mike's good at predicting something he wrote over ten years ago. Exactly, said Hermione. But, Professor Granger, what did you want us to look for clues for? Rob asked. And who was that blonde-haired man? That is exactly what I want to know, Rob, said Hermione. You see, I have a theory. I think that over the course of their years at Hogwarts, Winston Charger, that's Mr. Charger, the teacher, over the course of their years at Hogwarts, Winston Charger and Boris, oh, what was his last name? Well, anyway, Winston Charger and Boris planned on finishing Lord Voldemort's work. They wanted to kill Harry Potter, and by their seventh year, Boris had killed nine Muggleborns, but he left no evidence. So why didn't he kill Harry when he walked in on them? Rob asked. 
because Ron Weasley is an extremely powerful wizard. He knew he wouldn't be able to take him down with a simple memory charm, so if he killed Harry, Ron would, well, use powers that you could never imagine to spread the word to every wizard in the world. They'd be in Azkaban for years. I feel like I always felt bad for Ron because he was always like shafted, especially in the movies, and was always like the comic relief character. So I think that's why I've given him like a really prominent, like he seems to be like one of the most powerful wizards ever now. Both of those students were expelled. Boris stayed in England, but Winston went to live in Spain, and last year he applied for a job here. Unfortunately, Harry didn't remember him as the man that tried to kill him, and these days, Harry doesn't listen to anybody. So, (laughs) Harry's memory is so bad and he's such an idiot that he's hired a man that tried to kill him years earlier to work at his school. And all of the teachers must have been like, no, 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 don't you remember he tried to kill you? He's like, oh no, I don't remember that, and I'm just hiring him anyway. (laughs) Harry's just become an arsehole. Um, And Boris asked Rob... I don't know, boys. You see, Boris was never seen again, but it is said that he is now a Death Eater, one of Voldemort's followers. Now, there is one more memory I would like to show you. I hope you understand it more than me. Okay, let's leave it there for now. That was really interesting. Lots of stuff happening. I'm very engaged in the story of this book and the backstory that seems to be developing. Uh, Before we wrap up, quick plug. I did a podcast with Luke Kidgel, one of my great mates, and we talked all about punk music, pop punk, 90s and early thousands pop punk music. Uh, I'll put a snippet of it it here. Can we talk about our, just quickly, our favourite lyrics of all time? Like, what's your favourite lyrics that mean the most to you? Oh, man, this is like a deep question early. Yeah. So it starts off, um, somebody <laughs> once told me <laughs> the world was going to roll me. Yeah. And then uh, the, the next lyric is what really kind of gets the feels is, um, I ain't the sharpest tool in the shed. This was so much fun. If you enjoy bands like Blink-182, Jimmy Eat World, Green Day, uh, like any pop punk band, or even just want to hear more about my music taste over the years and how it's developed, Sum 41, bands like that, uh, just uh, go listen to that on his feed. It should be one of the most recent episodes, and I'd love for you to check it out. Siggy Mike, intern Mike, thank you so much for being here, guys. Yeah, no worries, mate. Didn't get to really say that much, but it was a pretty busy show. Yeah, cool, man. Intern Mike, thanks again. Yeah, likewise with Siggy Mike, but hopefully we can figure out this thing with my grandma and grandpa. Yeah, I agree. We'll talk more about that next week. Uh, Thank you so much for listening uh, and for everything. Again, guys, I said it at the top of the show. I really meant it. Thank you for everything. Tomorrow, I'm launching a single with a band uh, with, with, with Cackling Jack Post, and it's going to be so cool, and it's really surreal. It's going to get played on the radio. Uh, every week, I've been putting up new YouTube videos, which is just making me a better media creator, and a bunch of people are watching them and commenting on them, which is amazing, and thumbs-upping them and subscribing. The subscribers are growing. It's slow, but it's steady, and that's what this podcast has been, and I really appreciate it. So go subscribe to my YouTube. It's Radio Mike. Instagram, radio.mike. Twitter, it's Radio Mike. Email anytime, radiomikepod at gmail.com. Donate to 1-800-GET-FUCKED. Uh, Radio Mike, uh, paypal.me slash radiomikepod. If you don't donate, you're a c- You guys are the best. This podcast has always been about us as the radio family getting together each week and solving everyone's problems and 
just having a good time. So I genuinely, genuinely, with a lot of heart, want to say thank you. We're like 33 episodes or maybe 34 episodes in and I'm just beyond stoked. So thanks for being here. I look forward to hearing from you this week and speaking to you again next week. My name has been Radio Mike and this podcast has been truly the inside of my mind. Thank you so much. Goodbye.